This podcast is part of the Tremula Network, adventure and outdoor podcasts off the beaten track. To find out more, head to tremula.network or find us on socials. Seize Your Adventure is part of the Tremula Network, adventure and outdoor podcasts off the beaten track. You're listening to Seize Your Adventure, the podcast that shares stories of adventure and outdoor living with epilepsy. Hello adventurers, it's Fran Tarowskis here and thank you all for joining me again today. For regular listeners, you might be wondering why the opening music has changed tone a bit for this episode. Well, it's because this is a special episode being released on the 26th of March, a day that is affectionately known amongst the epilepsy community as Purple Day. So every year on the 26th of March, people around the world wear as much purple as possible to spread awareness and show support for every person out there living with epilepsy. I have a bit of an audio adventure in this episode for you. Today's guest is an adventurer, a soldier and an author. He's been described by Sir Ranalf Fiennes as a determined, fearless adventurer and an inspiring man. He is the kind of person you imagine when you say the word adventurer. But before we get into the interview, I just wanted to take a moment to say thank you to everyone out there who listens to the podcast, everyone who's been supporting it by rating and reviewing it, and everyone out there who shares it on social media. Seize Your Adventure is a a very niche concept about two things that I'm very passionate about, and it's only by all of you out there telling everyone about it that we can spread these stories. If you do enjoy Seize Your Adventure, um, and if you like today's episode, please can I ask that you leave a review and share it wherever you share these things, um, because it is the biggest thing that you can do to support me. So, today's guest is Jordan Wiley. And he is known for his challenges at the extreme end of the adventure spectrum. Jordan has run races in Iraq, Afghanistan and Somalia. He has written a book about his time tackling pirates off the coast of Africa. And he has hiked up Kilimanjaro barefoot. But he is also known for the work he does helping others as an ambassador and campaigner for various charities, one of which is Epilepsy Action. Jordan was diagnosed with epilepsy after he contracted dengue fever whilst working in Djibouti. But rather than letting epilepsy scare him, Jordan took on the role of an epilepsy ambassador and continues to push the boundaries of extreme adventure, showing the world what someone with epilepsy can do. I managed to hunt Jordan down at the National Running Show in Birmingham back in January this year. He was there to speak about running dangerously, the challenge he set himself last year to complete three running races in the three most dangerous countries in the world. He also spoke about some of the mental and physical health challenges he has faced over the years. Unfortunately, Jordan was the first speaker of the day and I couldn't get up from London in time for his talk. 
but we did manage to find a table to sit at afterwards so I could throw a few quickfire questions at him. You'll hear in a minute it wasn't the quietest place for an interview, so I do apologise for that. But Jordan was an absolute charm to talk to. Uh, you are going to enjoy this one. So here it is. Adventurer, soldier, author. This is Mr. Jordan Wiley. We're just going to do the quick fire 20 questions for you. So first off, where do you call home at the moment? So home for me originally is Blackpool in Lancashire, as you might have guessed from the accent. Um, but uh, in, today I'm living down in a place called Andover in Hampshire. Uh, I, I ended up staying there after a, a military career. It, so I'm, I'm a bit of an honorary southerner, we could say. Yes, yeah, <laughs> indeed. Not quite lost the accent, though. No, so no, there. no. I'm quite proud of that as well. <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely. And... Um, what is your most treasured possession? It's an easy one for me, that. It's my daughter. Yeah. You know, it might be a bit different to use a human being as your most treasured possession, yeah. but for me, my daughter is, you know, the number one thing, person, whatever life, you know, the, she brings meaning to every part of my life. So, yeah. absolutely, my, my daughter Evie is, is by far the biggest treasured possession and for me my greatest achievement in life by a long way yeah absolutely and how old is she at the moment she's nine she'll be 10 this year so she's she's probably not so little actually anymore yeah, she's, she's becoming a little a little teenager soon so no yeah. but she's still my little girl absolutely and the happiest day of your life then well that probably links on as you're going to guess to uh, the last question but yeah definitely when when my daughter was born and um, you know i don't think anyone can ever prepare for being a parent it's it, it's you know it's a shock to the system um, it's yeah it's really really tough to, to explain but you know all the ups and downs you have as, as a parent and I have so much respect as well I should say for you know people who have uh, who families have broke up and you have single parents whether they be male or female because to be a parent is for me the toughest job in the world but it is also one of the most um, fulfilling um, you know there, there is no better job at the same time so You've been on quite a few different expeditions. Um, what is the hardest one that you've done to date? Um, yeah, I've been, I've been on, on lots of expeditions, but I always, I'm always trying to push the barriers of both physical, mental, emotional endurance. So I like to think the last one is is the hardest I've done because that's why I would have done it if that makes sense. Yeah. Because I'm always trying to do something that's hot, you know, further, faster, tougher. Um, so the running dangerously. Um, for various reasons one because we are running through war zones which brings its own sort of risk and danger but also for me to run in my first ever marathon and half marathon um, in a war zone again was was pretty pretty tough pretty brutal in many respects so definitely the Af the afghanistan marathon was uh, you know the toughest expedition for me so far yeah absolutely and i um i completely get on board with that people always ask me what's the best adventure and i always say it's the last one or the next one yeah so absolutely <laughs> yeah. um you have been described by Sir Ranulph Fiennes as being fearless, but is there anything that you do fear? I guess, I guess like um, like a lot of people, I, I fear failure. You know, I never want to fail anything I do. Um, I always give 110 percent. Um, I never go into anything half-hearted. Um, you know, I think that's probably the only thing. But it also that that fear of failure is, is often what drives me. Um, you know, to, to to, to levels beyond what people perceive are possible. Um, so yeah, um, but you now most things I'm I'm pretty good with, you know, no no sort of phobias of spiders or anything yeah. like that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, failure. Um, you know, I, I have some weird sort of 
bucket list things like swimming with crocodiles uh, and sharks and things so but yeah I'm normally quite good with most things yeah swimming with crocodiles I think that'll be off most people's list yeah um. you know that's like certainly in my top five things that I need yeah. to do in my life and I hopefully do it in the next year or two I, I find them such fascinating creatures yeah. I just want to interrupt the interview very quickly to let you know Jordan is not the type of person to mention something if he doesn't plan to do it On the 18th of March, he posted a photo on Twitter of himself underwater, just casually stretched out on his back, directly underneath a crocodile. The comment next to the photo said, Sometimes you just have to chill out and take a break. Hello there, my name is Cathy Kamleitner and I'm here to tell you about my podcast, Wild for Scotland. If you enjoy travelling, spending time outside, learning about nature or simply relaxing to a good story, check out Wild for Scotland and join me for inspiring journeys from the cobbled streets of Edinburgh to the sandy beaches of the Western Isles. We go on scenic road trips up and down the country, hop from island to island, immerse ourselves in Scottish history, culture and landscapes, and meet passionate locals who love sharing their own little corners of Scotland. Think of it like story time for adults that inspires you to head out and learn about the world around you. So join me on the Wild for Scotland podcast. Listen now, wherever you get your podcasts. And it's not like anything, you know, people talk about sharks, you know, you go and swim with sharks and they talk about shark attacks and how many people are killed by sharks, but, you know, humans kill a hundred times more sharks than sharks ever kill humans. Um, so it's it's just about perspective, I think. Is there someone that you especially look up to? I look up to, to, to lots of people, I think. You know, I try to surround myself with people that uh, inspire me on a daily basis. You know, they make me want to better myself. I want to learn from them. But I, I would probably say my, my, my dad, uh, he was a former Royal Marine Commando, um, and he's somebody who always taught taught me that, you know, you only get, get out of life what you put in. Um, you know, I remember him from an early age saying that in life you meet talkers, you meet doers, you know, and, and you need to decide quite early which one you're going to be. And I like to think that I'm always somebody who's good for my word. If I say I'm going to do something, you know, I, I put it top of my agenda to, to follow it through. Yeah. Um, so probably my dad, to be honest. And can you just talk us through a regular day as an extreme adventurer? What did you get up to yesterday? Yesterday? Um, so one of the things with adventures is... The adventure is obviously is, is the really fun part, but not always necessarily the hard part because when you're trying to do weird, wacky, crazy expeditions around the world, you obviously need funding. Somebody's got to pay for that. So I spend quite a lot of time, I invest a lot of time in, in building relationships with, with companies, with brands, with businesses who whose values are aligned to mine, um, who, who perhaps can, can benefit from some exposure, whether that's through the TV, the media, newspapers. Um, so, so quite often I, I'm, I'm working to, to, on relationships through networking, uh, through attending events, through speaking at events like today at the UK National Running Show, um, because they're the things that, that allow me to, to reach out to other people and to let people into my network. So yeah, yesterday was very much about sponsorship meetings, um, which is it's quite a normal day actually. Yeah, fab. 
I think it's um, it's lovely to just get that side of things as well because yeah. people always see the adventures and the like you say the fun stuff and the yeah. exciting oh, there's stuff. Oh, a lot of hard, you know the harder yeah. work is getting to the start line of any expedition because yeah. you know, to find the fun, funding to find the people who are going to get behind you, it's, it's, it's not easy. Yeah. Um, and you're only as I, I always say you're only as good as your last expedition. So if you've told somebody you're going to do something or you're going to raise a certain amount of money it's quite important to deliver that because otherwise when you go around next time to attract fundraising it's pretty tough yeah yeah ah so the slightly nosy one who was the last person that you spoke to on the phone oh the last person let's have a look while we're here who's the last person i spoke to on the phone um the last person i spoke to on the phone was actually the gentleman on the next table <laughs> um so these guys actually it's important actually because these guys uh, from an organization called give penny and they are best way would be to describe them is a very extremely interactive charity fundraising platform so think of just giving but think of a platform that can do a million more things to make the experience of both fundraising, sponsoring, um, so so much more interactive and engaging. And I think it's really important actually for fundraisers out there because you know everybody, not everybody, but a lot of people in this day and age, they do a charity fun run, they do a marathon run, they do a climb a mountain, they might jump out of a plane. So how do you spark the imagination of people when everyone's done so many things already? And when you're looking for donors and donors and sponsorships, that's really hard. So for me, using technology to be able to interact with people who are getting behind you, to be able to live feed from Afghanistan, to be able to do a FaceTime from the North Pole, these are all really important things to be able to engage people on that journey with you. So yeah, that was the, the last person I spoke to was this, this organization called Gift Penny. Yeah. And like you say, it just comes back to that idea of community and the networking. It's so oh, important. Oh yeah, so important. So, so important. important. So obviously you are known as a very positive person. Um, would you say that there is anything positive that has come from your epilepsy diagnosis? Yeah, definitely. Um, one of the big positives is I get to meet really cool people like yourselves, an organization <laughs> like uh, Seize Your Adventure, because, you know, I I, I I was probably quite naive, perhaps even ignorant to, to epilepsy before it happened to me. And I guess that happens with a lot of people, whatever it might be in life, until it affects you, you don't really you know, know too much about it or have to deal with it. Um, and I was just astonished to see how many people out there do have epilepsy. I couldn't believe um, some of the statistics when, you know, I, I'm very honoured to be a, an ambassador for Epilepsy Action. And the statistics um, that they send me on, on how many people are diagnosed on a daily, weekly basis. Um, but one of the, the most important things for me about, about having epilepsy was, was sending a message out that you can still achieve anything that you want in life. Uh, because I remember quite quickly people telling me, you can't do this, you can't do that, just because you've got epilepsy. And I was like, really? I can't do any of these things. And they said, you can't go running in Iraq or Afghanistan. And this is professional, you know, medical professionals telling me this. Um, and I'm saying, no, I'm still going there, um, but I will put measures in place um, to mitigate the risk. You know, things like wearing my road ID medical band that if something happens and I have a seizure, people know that I have got epilepsy and they know what to do. Um, putting in place emergency medicine in case I do have a seizure and I need somebody to, uh, to interact and help me, training people around me, making them more aware of, 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 of what the um, what it entails to, to be a first aider with, to someone with epilepsy. So loads of positives and as I say, just getting to meet more people and, and help them get over the stigma that they think, because if someone tells you something often enough that you can't do something, you know, people start to believe you. Um, so it's important to, to have people out there who are saying, it's a load of rubbish you can do whatever you want but you know let's take precautions and take risks yeah and i have to say how many people would tell you not to run across iraq even if you didn't have it <laughs> that's very true so uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> might as well do it anyway yeah. <laughs>
And um, just for people, can you give us an idea of the type of seizures that you have? Yeah, so um, I've only ever had two seizures um, in my life. Um, and I had my first one uh, about 18 months ago. And at first, to be, to be quite honest, the first time I had it, I was outside the, I was, I was overseas and I was in a country where nobody spoke English. So it was quite complicated because people didn't know what was wrong with me. And they couldn't ask me what was wrong with me when I sort of came back round. Um, and when I got told that I may have epilepsy initially, um, I was I, I refused to believe it. I was like, I'm 35 years old, I've got no history of it in my family. You know, I've not got epilepsy. Um, and then four weeks later, I had another seizure, and I was like, okay, I might, I might have epilepsy now. Um, and since then, you know, touch wood, I've never had an, another seizure. But I remember the first time though, I really. Um, I really chewed all the inside of my mouth and it was so sore for months it was like really tender my mouth was bleeding um, and I'd also because I'd, I'd fell over and, 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 and sort of fainted I had a seizure I'd, I'd had a big sort of bruise across my head I cut my face um, so you know they're the only two I've had to, and again I, you know I don't know I'm learning all the time about epilepsy and when I speak to more people I learn about their seizures and when I go to epilepsy action I, I, I'm surprised how many how many people out there are having seizures five, six, seven times a day? You know, it's incredible, really, and I, I feel quite fortunate that it doesn't affect my life too heavily, or maybe I don't let it affect my life. Because I think I still think a lot of it is psychological. If you tell, if you're accepting that that your life is, you know, it's un, it's influenced completely by epilepsy now, and you can't do anything, I think that's a, a very negative mindset to fall into. Um, you know, you need to you need to encompass it in every aspect of your life, but you don't need it to control your life. You know, you, that's the worst thing you can do, I think. I think um, what you hit on there quite nicely is the idea of that balance between accepting that you have it, but also not accepting some of the limitations that you yeah, assume absolutely. would be there. And then the, thing, the, big, the biggest thing for me was probably um, having to surrender my driving licence um, for, for a year um, and then get reassessed by the sort of medical professionals and it was actually probably one of the things that made me become a lot more healthier and fitter because it's amazing because you even just to walk to go to the shops in 10 minutes you, you take a drive these days you know instead of just walking uh, 10 20 minutes down the road which again getting out there in you know for anyone with epilepsy or for anyone just not not even for people with challenges just people in day-to-day -day life go for a 30 minute walk every day go for a run or a jog because that puts you in a nice headspace um, you know it, it, it keeps the brain ticking it keeps you fresh it allows you to to organise your thoughts, so you know, I recommend anyone, especially while we're at the, the National Running Show, go for a little <laughs> jog now again. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you've kind of covered this already, but what would be the best tip you could give for someone who is travelling or adventuring with epilepsy? I think, firstly, you need to understand and respect your your condition. You know, I'm, I'm absolutely saying don't let it control your life, but you certainly have to be realistic in terms of if you know what. The, the potential triggers are of a seizure you know for example for me it could have been dehydration it could have been exhaustion it could have been the heat because there's a lot of stress on my body so for me uh, personally it was about we have an expression in the military that says prior preparation and planning prevents poor performance uh, and that's no different with epilepsy if you're going to go somewhere if you're going to go on expedition if you're going to go traveling make sure you've got your medication make sure you've got spare medication make sure the people traveling with you know what's that you, what your condition is make sure they know what to do if you have a seizure because um, there's nothing worse than you know you're in a strange place and everyone's touching you feeling you're moving you around and, and, you, don't, and you don't even know what's going on um, so it's just about prior preparation and planning um, anywhere you're going. If you're going to be on, a, on your own, there's obviously bigger risks. 
Um, if you're going to travel to remote locations, do a risk assessment. I always say, whatever it is in life, everything starts with a risk assessment. You know, an epilepsy is just another risk to manage. Um, whether you're going in a conflict zone, whether you're going to drive in your car, we're managing risk every day. We're constantly doing dynamic risk assessments when we cross a road. You know, when we go into a building, epilepsy is just another risk to manage that we need to be aware of. Yeah, really nicely put. So. If you were to have four people at Ooh. a dinner party, which four people would you have? Good question. Um, for me, I always, in the, I want people who I can't see anymore. So I think it'd be probably people who passed away. Um, I think family is one of them is the most important thing in life. So for me to bring back, you know, both sets of grandparents, I would say. You know, there's lots of celebrities in the world, there's lots of influencers, but for me, family's everything. So, you know, if I could bring back my gran and granddad on both sides, my mum and dad's side, um, and have one last supper with them, um, they'd be they'd be top seat at any table any day. Yeah. Uh, makes me quite emotional, that now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and if there was one place off of the beaten track, beaten track that you would recommend people do visit, what would it be? Um, well, actually, you know what, I, I've been very fortunate to travel a lot of weird and wonderful places around the world, but probably closer to home, you know, over the last few months, um, just on New Year's Day this year, I went up to Scotland, and what an incredible country, and, it, and, and again, probably been quite naive and oblivious to, it's on our doorstep, and we always think we've got to travel to the other side of the world to find, you know, these, 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 these sort of glorious places and incredible landscapes, but actually, just three or four miles up the road, um, in a few hours drive, and um, you can find, you know, scenery and, and landscapes that you would only ever see in Hollywood films, you, you know, normally. It's absolutely incredible in the Scottish Highlands. Um, and, yeah, I think I went up to, to northwest Scotland. There is, you can go basking shark diving up there. You can climb some of the most incredible mountains in Britain. So, you know, I, I don't think... I don't think you have to go a long way to find beauty. I think there's a lot on our doorstep in the UK, and that's certainly one of my um, objectives or New Year's resolutions is to start adventuring closer at home because we often overlook that. I think. Yeah. Is that the first time you went to Scotland then? It was into the into the Highlands as such. You know, I've been lots of times to Glasgow, Edinburgh, but actually going out into the the remote wilderness, so to speak, because it was almost like I was the only person left on Earth. You know, there was nobody around for hundreds of miles and. There's something quite um, therapeutic and special about that. Yeah, it gets uh, into your blood. Yeah, it really it's does. Incredible. So it's, uh, yeah, and I, I, you know, I'm going back to Ben Nevis uh, next weekend actually. Yeah. Um, to, to do a climb, so I'm really looking forward to that. Yeah. So by the time this is out, that will already have happened. So yeah, yeah. I'll make sure I update everyone on how that went. Yeah, brilliant. <laughs> I can indeed give you an update on the Ben Nevis challenge. On the 27th of January, Jordan and a team of seven other people did make it to the top of Ben Nevis. The weather was very icy and cold from the look of it, and um, the wind was very strong from the sound of it, but the team raised over £2,000 for charity in total. And if you had the opportunity to speak to 18-year-old you, what would you say? Him. You know, I was when I was 18. I was, I won't use the language on it, but I was a naughty little boy. Still, I was quite immature. Um, I thought the world owed me a favour. Um, so, I think if I could go back to that that 18-year-old, you know, I would say, I would say to him that you know, the journey ahead is is, is going to be tough. It's going to be a roller coaster. Um, but you know, apply yourself, work hard, and and the world's your oyster, really, because. I think one thing we don't realise, especially when we're young, is 
we're surrounded by opportunities all the time and we fail to realize that when we're young and we only start as we, as we sort of grow through life and we develop and we evolve we then start to recognize those opportunities but I, I, I've come to learn that you know life is a bit like a, a a freight train that's passing us by all the time and if you imagine the train full of empty carriages just passing us by and we're still on the platform watching I see that life life is like we're looking at that train and that, that train is full of opportunities and the train and the opportunities never stop to tell you it's an opportunity and you've got to get on you have to throw yourself at those those those, those opportunities you know you have to throw yourself on that train and see where the journey takes you and and I think you know for me it'd be to say to anyone who's listening who's young or old or whatever it might be that there are always opportunities but you've got to have your radar up for them you know you've got to be looking for them they won't come to you and knock on your door um, and and also build relationships I, I, I have a little uh, when I talk in schools actually I have a little what I call Jordan's ABC rule and I say attitude, attitude is everything, you know, if you can learn from a young age that, that attitude is one of the most important uh, characteristics or attributes, attitude will take you a lot further than talent and qualifications than education, you know, just applying yourself with the right attitude, willingness to, to, to uh, apply yourself to learn and will take you a long way in life. I say be for build relationships, everywhere you go you never know who you're going to meet, um, build relationships. And, and don't build them to gain, build them to give. You know, if you approach life with a giving attitude, you want to help people and you want to give back, life and the rest will take care of itself. Um, it's very reciprocal. And secondly, um, uh, thirdly, sorry, C is for continuous professional development, which links into attitude. You can never stop learning. Every day is a chance to learn, it's a chance to meet people. It's a, you know, surround yourself with positive people. Don't be drawn down by negatives, you know, they will suck the life out of you. Find positive people and, and look after them and cherish them because they're like diamonds, you know, that they're special. and and they give you so much positive vibes and energy when, when you keep them in your inner circle. Yeah, absolutely. So, this kind of feeds in again to the same thing, but what is the best thing about being older and wiser now? Um, I think, good question. Um, it, 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 I think there's an irony because, you know, when you're, when you're, when you're young and you're at school, people you know, they, they used to say to you, and I'm sure you remember it, and I'm sure the listeners will remember it, but, you know, people say the school days are the best of your life, and you should work hard, and, you know, it's that sort of old cliche, um, but actually, it is it, really true, and, you know, there is something quite ironic that I left school with no qualifications, and now, today and this day, over the last five years, I spend lots of money on trying to educate myself, because I didn't listen in school, so, you know, school and, and um, academia is an opportunity in itself, um, and if you don't work hard and if you don't study you know then your life you will, will, will pan out in that, in that manner and you will have to if you want to you know you want to succeed and you want to progress you will have to go back and start learning again and um, so I think again linking back to attitude really you know apply yourself early understand early and also find out what your why is you know what why do you do what you do what are your values what do you stand for as a person if you can work that out at a young age you know, things like the military did a great job for me of, of teaching me the values of respect, courage, integrity, loyalty, discipline. You know, and if you can apply those core values into your life from an early age, I think they'll really will stay with you forever and you'll, you know, the, the, the journey's as far as your imagination can go. And um, now we do like to give a little bit of inspiration to people on the podcast and on the website. So can you give us one film, one book and one podcast that you would recommend people listen to to inspire them? 
good questions. Um, the podcast, I'll go with the podcast first. Um, there's a great podcast out there uh, called Declassified. It's, it's quite um, military orientated, um, but you hear from lots of inspirational veterans on there who have been in highs, have had lows in their life, and they've used you know, what they've learned to succeed. So Declassified by Michael Coates, uh, incredible podcast. I listen to it a lot. Um, this is got to be an opportunity for me to plug my own book Citadel yeah. <laughs> I'd be I'd be silly if I didn't plug my own book um, so check out Citadel by, by myself Jordan Wiley available on Amazon in all good bookshops um, it's, it, again it's about my journey though so people will be able to relate to it I'm sure um, it's about my journey growing up in Blackpool uh, to where I am today um, and a film um, my favourite film is probably The Shawshank Redemption um, which is which is an incredible film, but a film that I watched the other day actually, um, the beautiful a beautiful mind, mm. uh, a really really good film, really powerful and moving. Um, so yeah, um, and I was also worked on a film many years ago called Captain Phillips. So for those who like a bit of action and pirates, um, I was very fortunate to work with Tom Hanks on that film. So so maybe that one, but I think we'll go. A Beautiful Mind, Citadel and Declassified. Yeah, fab. And uh, you just mentioned that you do work with um, quite a lot of films and things like that as well is there anyone that you've met that has made you starstruck do you know the only person that I've been starstruck by and I've been starstruck by her three times is Her Majesty the Queen and <laughs> um, you know I feel I feel really honored to have met um, the Queen and yeah I was like shaking so nervous you know yeah. and what a real privilege and what a lovely lady she is you know it was like meeting one of your grandparents yeah. uh, who dresses a lot better <laughs> yeah i can only imagine that one at the moment but that's a, a whole different level isn't yeah, it but yeah yeah I was, I was so nervous and still am every time i've ever had the chance yeah. to, to, to interact but yeah that's the time when i've really been you know that was like my my england player my <laughs> premier league player my my hollywood a-lister and pop star rolled into one yeah. the majesty the queen absolutely and what does the future hold for you um, well, this year is, is again, I, I only plan sort of one year ahead, you know, I think, you know, we can look at five and ten years, but you just never know what's around the corner or what's going to happen in life, and I've learned to, you know, have a plan, but, but be flexible, um, and yeah, the next 12 months I've got some, some, some really good expeditions, I'm doing Rowing Dangerously, which is a world first attempt to row um, across the Gulf of Aden. Um, I'm doing an abseil of the Angel Falls, the world's highest waterfall in Venezuela, climbing Ben Nevis next week, and um, Hunted Series 4 is on at the moment, yeah. Thursday 9 o'clock, don't miss it. <laughs> so there you go, TV show recommendation as well yeah, for yeah, you. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, lastly, for um, a, a nice roundup, what would be your personal motto that you'd leave people with? My personal motto is be the difference that makes a difference because I think if we want to we can all make a difference in this world it doesn't have, doesn't mean we have to change the world but we can change the world to a few people by helping them and so you know have a look around you take note and see who you can help because we can always help somebody and if we all make a little bit of a difference together we'll make a big difference <laughs> profound one to end on thank yeah. you very much no thank you and a real pleasure to be on the show thank you Jordan has so many credentials to his name. I was a little bit nervous going into that interview. Um, but as you can hear, he is such an open and encouraging person. Um, I didn't stay nervous for very long. If you'd like to know more about Jordan's next challenge, you can head to Give Penny, which Jordan mentioned in the interview. The link to the donations page is in the show notes for you. And do stick around until the end of the episode where you'll get a bit more of a taste of what his challenge entails. If this was your first time listening to Seizure Adventure, um, thank you very much for joining us. I hope you did enjoy today. 
feel free to get in touch with me and tell me what you think about the episode and please do go back and have a listen to some of the other stories. Um, It's a slightly different setup from the one that we've had today so I think you'll enjoy those ones as well. Next month we'll be back to the usual format. So on the 8th of April Jake Quigley will be telling us the story of his brain surgery and the road of recovery that took him to the roof of the world. I'll then be chatting to Jake about his experiences on the 22nd of April. Before we go today, if you've listened before, you will know that I like to give the last word to my guests. So I thought I would end today's episode with the advert for Jordan's next challenge for charity. As he said in the interview, he likes to push himself a little bit further with each challenge. And, well, he's really pushing the boat out with this one. In 2018, I ran through three of the most dangerous countries in the world to help children affected by war and conflict access education. In 2019, we're going to be pushing the boundaries even further. I'm going to attempt to row solo and unsupported across the world's most dangerous strait of water. This has never been done before. This is rowing dangerously. I'm going to be rowing across the Bab el-Mandab Straits, one of the most dangerous and certainly one of the most geopolitically contested areas of water on the planet. Although the stretch of water is only 18 nautical miles wide, there will be danger at every stroke of my oars, which is why no person on record has ever completed this highly dangerous task. I'm honored to introduce my flagship sponsor for Rowing Dangerously 2019, Graypage, who are one of the leading maritime security and risk management consultancies in the world. I want to continue to help children whose lives have been affected by war and conflict around the world. I also want to continue to fly the flag for epilepsy action, and I want to help seafarers who do one of the most important jobs, bringing us our goods every day, whatever the weather. If you want to get involved with Rowing Dangerously in 2019, please get in touch with me via jordanwiley.org show your support today. Be the difference that makes a difference. So I'll leave you with that one and until next time, safe adventures everyone. This podcast is part of the Tremula Network, adventure and outdoor podcasts off the beaten track. To find out more, head to tremula.network.